she's all you'd ever want. She's the kind I'd like to flaunt and take to dinner. But she always knows her place. She's got style, she's got grace. She's a winner. She's a lady. Episode 49 for November 2008. The Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They want to be your monthly supplier of comics and trade paperbacks. They offer discounts that can't be beat. They have 38 up to 75% off the cover price of new comics. An example is the Spider-Girl Volume 10 Season of the Serpent Digest. The cover price is 10 bucks. Mail order has it for 5.99. So check them out at mailordercomics.com and tell them the crawlspace sent you. Welcome back webheads. We have one heck of a show planned for you today. Packed with count them, two spider creators and one possibly on the way. Salbusima. We have the amazing Spider Girl title creative team. We have writer Tom DeFalco. Welcome, Tom. Welcome. Thank you, Brad, for inviting no me. No problem. And we have penciler Ron Friends. Welcome, Ron. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. And Sal is on his way. <laughs> he had a church commitment, Ron, Tom told me. But uh, hopefully he's on his way back driving home from church, and he's gonna. we're going to try him in a, a little bit in the show. But uh, I, I appreciate you two guys for talking to me. We're going to take some live callers in the show and also message board questions. But first, it's on every Spider-Girl fan's mind. Marvel's announced that the Amazing Spider-Girl title will be canceled with issue number 30. First, Tom, how did you hear about the cancellation? Um, my editor you know, called me up and said, that's some news. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and that's, you know, basically where, you know, yeah, it, it's, it, it, you know, it, it's all very professional, very straightforward. Right. Well, you, you've gotten this news before. I mean, we, we've been able to save this book before. I mean, is there something we can do this time around? I mean, or is it just beyond saving now? Is this the last time? Well, you, you know, I've always, you know, every time we've gotten canceled, I've always thought we were canceled. Yeah. Um, there was uh, one occasion where um, they basically offered Pat, Pat Olive was the penciler, and they offered him another book because they wanted to make sure that he had work after Spider Girl was over. Mm-hmm. Um, and around that time, I went into the office to see if there would be any more work for me. Right. Um, did not get a good indication of that, and then you know, kind of basically walked around the office and said goodbye to everybody, figuring, I'm, you know, I, I was done. Yeah. What, what, what um, year was this? I mean, what around what issue of Spider Girl? Uh, I um, think it was when it was canceled at sixty or something, 60. wasn't it? Okay. Yeah. That's when I came on the book and to wrap up Season of the Serpent. Initially, I only thought I was going to be on for two or three issues and kind of steer the book into dark, you know, <laughs> but it ended up being uncanceled. Yeah. Yeah. And then they um, ended up calling me on uh, April first of all days. Yeah. To tell me that the book was, you know, uncancelled. Yeah, I remember and that. that they need, yeah, and they needed a plot, and uh, I think it was two or three days. Uh-huh. Uh At which point I just laughed, said, you know, hey, April Fool's to you too, and hung up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I say that to my telemarketers a lot. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. Um, you know, I think that there are some additional factors going on these days. 
uh, that may, in fact, mean that this book, you know, finally, you know, has seen, seen you know, the end of days. Yeah. And, um, you know, there is, you know, problems with the economy. Yeah. And, um, you know, a lot of comic book retailers are frightened out there. So they are, you know, essentially ordering, you know, all the, you know, the big top-selling titles and cutting back their orders on the lower-selling books. Yeah. Now, with a lot of books, they come in on Wednesday afternoon, and by Wednesday night they're sold out. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead of reordering these books, the, you know, the guys just, you know, wipe their brow and say, thank Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and let me order more, you know, secret invasion, final crisis, or whatever. Uh, and I think that that's having an effect on, on you know, Spider Girl sales, and will probably have an effect on a, a lot of other titles. Yeah. And and uh, Ron, how did you hear about the cancellation? Did Tom call you or? Uh, yeah, I, I heard the same way. I hear all bad news. It's always in the voice of Tom DeFalco, unfortunately. But he always does the whole good news, bad news scenario, you know, that kind of thing. And the good news is always something like, you know, we're still alive or something like that. I mean, the only thing I would add to what Tom said is that these cancellations are are almost always based on projected sales. Right, Tom? Right. I mean, they they basically look at the trends and they count – three to six months into the future and say, this is when the company will start losing money on this book. And, and the reason Spider-Girl has defied cancellation before, to my understanding, is that we tend to defy the projections. Yeah. We'll level off or we'll gain some readers or whatever. I mean, the bottom line is always going to be sales. Our fans are incredibly loyal, and we can't thank them enough for that, seriously. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it really is, I don't think there's anybody at Marvel that's got a, 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 a bone to pick with us. I don't think it has anything to do with whether or not Spider-Girl is in the 616 or not. I don't think it has anything to do with anything other than sale, bottom line sales. Yeah. And, you know, every book is in trouble. Uh, I don't think there's a, I, I've never thought there was a conspiracy against the book. I mean, we have the most motivated and and, and to a large degree intelligent about the way the industry works fans out there what's always impressed people is that the fans don't just gripe to the publisher they send out flyers and they talk to the retailers and they say we need to push this book again and and they they are usually a direct result of this of the sales either leveling off or spiking and they understand that that's the bottom line And and that's what we've been blessed with. We've been blessed with readers who don't just crab about it. They go out and actually advocate the book. And that's what's kept us breathing for as long as we have. You know, sooner or later, there, there's always the possibility that that's not going to be enough uh, weighed against other factors. Whether or not, I mean, believe us, there's a part of us that almost wishes that if, if the publisher tells you you're canceled, that that's kind of a black and white thing. You go, oh, really? Okay, so you know exactly when you have work and you know when you need to start soliciting other work and, yeah. and you know when you have to start walking around with your hand out and all this kind of stuff. And with Spider-Girl, we never do. It's like this wonderfully 
two-bladed reality where, you know, we can't, we can't really start doing that because with Spider-Girl, you never know. I mean, it's basically, to put it in, in common everyday terms, it's basically getting fired from a job that you love. Uh, I mean, yeah. is, is that, I mean, it, it's just bittersweet to, to leave this book. I know you guys wouldn't be on it this long if you didn't love it. It's more than that. It's it's getting your heart ripped out and having it shown to you while your eyes start to roll back into your head. I mean, it happened to us with Thunderstrike. Right. You know that that had a lot more uh, circumstantial injustice to it. You know, and that was a book that w- was caught up more in forces beyond its ability to control. I mean, that wasn't just sales. You know, that was much more of a of a of a serendipitous congregation of. <laughs> Unjustitude like you, that, that had us all reeling. You, you, you guys know, would but, love Thunderstrike sales on uh, Spider Girl, I would imagine. That was a different time in the comic industry. I would think from the 90s, yeah. Wouldn't you, Tom? I, I, I think they would transpose quite nicely <laughs> into today. I mean, and if we if we had any kind of newsstand at all yeah. that that really counted these days as far as distribution, I, you know, Tom and I, not to be not to sound in the least bit arrogant, because. <laughs> We are a superstitious, cowardly lot, but I mean, we always did well in the newsstand. And Spider Girl is a mass market type of property, you know. So, Tom, I think those numbers can only help. Tom, talk. Yeah, no, I just, oh, go ahead, Tom. I just want to add one last thing. Um, it, is, is it definitely going to happen this time? I don't know. No. I think that if uh, I think you know over the you know last year or so, uh, sales had you know slowly bleeded away. Yeah. If that could be stopped or reversed, and I think it would only be a matter of a couple of thousand copies, um, you know, who knows what, what would happen. Right. Because, you know, if the last couple of issues started going up instead of down, yeah. you know, that's what <laughs> stopped the, uh, the cancellations in the past. I, I think we're, yeah. we're at 14,000 or something, last numbers I saw. If we can get it up to 15, 16, 17. Well, yeah. unfortunately, the problem with that too is that uh, aren't those numbers order numbers, Thomas? Yeah, and and, and nope. that's, see, that, that's where, where I see the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, in in that, you know, if I don't get to my local comic book store on Wednesday, right. I can't pick up an issue of Spider Girl. Mm-hmm. And I've asked the local retailer to to get it, but he says, you know, you, you've got to join their pro club. Right, and you have to order a minimum of five comics to be in their pro club. Yeah, well, I don't want four of the comics. <laughs> <laughs> Just one Mayday. <laughs> you know? So you know, so I can't get it, and and the guy behind the counter tells me he's annoyed too because he works at the store and they're pulling his copy to sell to people. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'm, I'm saying, you know, your store here. Where you want a copy, I want a copy. That's two extra copies a month. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you've already got two guys ready to buy them every month. Why don't you order three extra copies? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it really is a, a business where they they don't want to be stuck with extra copies on the racks. I mean, the shop I I, I shop at here in Pittsburgh. It's it's I'm more fortunate because I don't have to have a set number to get them pulled. So. I have the three Spider Girls pulled every month for me, okay, and so it's part of the order. Yeah. But it's really difficult. I mean, they have to sell out 
you know, months in a row until somebody notices, you know what, we're selling out of Spider-Girls. We're hearing a lot of other people who are, you know, aren't getting Spider-Girls. We need to up our orders on Spider-Girls. And that whole process, if it happens at all, can take months. Yeah. And it, it's, you know, it's difficult to defy a project. That's, that's why they use the projections, because the projections are, for the most part, reliable. You know, the, yeah. fact, it's, the fact that Spider-Girl has defied the projections before is the anomaly. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. they, or they wouldn't be using that system. Right. Be, I guess. You know. <laughs> now, 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 I'm going to, you know, give you a, you know, a slight history lesson. Right. Um, in in the, you know, in the old days when I was at Marvel and that sort of thing, it basically took the direct market a little over a year to react to anything. Mm. Um, GI Joe, we could not give the give those comic books away in the direct market for close to a year. Right. Um, at the end of that year, they, the direct market suddenly discovered G.I. Joe, which at that, by the time they discovered it, was our number one newsstand selling comic book. Mm-hmm. The toy line was out there. You know, we were selling them to toy stores. Um, probably close to... So, you know, anywhere from a half a million to a million copies of G.I. Joe number one. Wow. To every outlet except the direct market, which ordered probably around, you know, 12, 13,000. Hmm. Um, and then the orders went down from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, at the, at the end of that year, G.I. Joe became one of the top three selling direct market books. Hmm. It went from the bottom to the top. But it took almost a year. Frank Frank Miller's Daredevil did not start selling, you know, well in the direct market Mm -hmm. until almost at the end of his run. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It it took that long for the direct market, you know, to wake up to the fact that this was a a good selling comic book. Mm And, you know, people were, were buying it. Now, this was when we had an active newsstand sale. Yeah. So we, we could afford to keep a, a book mm. uh, around for a year and a half. Right. Uh, these, these days, some new titles are canceled before their first issue ever sees print. Wow. Be- because the advance orders for the, for the first issue are low enough that everybody can project that by the fifth issue it'll be losing money. There's another, we don't really have the newsstand per se, but we have the trade sales. How, I know Spider-Girl does great in trades. Does that does that have a big factor in it? Um, I can't answer that question. Okay. Because, because the, that aspect of the trade business, yeah. um, you know, emerged after I was, you know, wolf staff. Yeah, and we can't address, uh, you know, to what to what degree it affects the aggregate sales, or yeah. if there are aggregate sales. Everything we, everything indicates to us that you live or die based on your your direct sales. Numbers. Right. Um, because yeah, the the trades, the uh, the the digest size books and everything all seem to have done, you know, pretty well mm-hmm. f- f- uh, in, in their own rights. But uh, we have no no idea how that's how that's balanced in, or if it's factored in at all, or anything, because. We're uh, lonely freelancers <laughs> at remote points in the country. And, you know, I mean, uh, our, our fates are, are in other hands. That's, that's all so, there is to it. And I want to tell you that uh-huh. um, basically 
you know, we produced a lot of Spider-Girl material over the years. True. They could probably produce trades for the next five years without missing a blink. Yeah. You know. And so. and um, talk. You were talking a bit about those devoted fans out there. What are some of the the crazy or the the oddest thing you've heard that the fans have done? I, I remember one fan tried to book you guys on Oprah <laughs> for a segment. I remember that. <laughs> Yeah, they tried to get us booked on Oprah. Um, I, I, you know, they took, you know, the, the fans, you know, spent their own money uh, to advertise Spider Girl in um, Diamond Previews. Yep, I remember that. Um, they have sent out posters and flyers to, you know, hundreds, maybe thousands of comic book stores. Mm-hmm. Um, they basically. You know, handle the marketing for the book. Yeah, but the fans handle the marketing for for Marvel for Marvel Comics. Yeah, they you know, and and I've done a great job because this is a book that's you know, let's face it, it it, it it's you know, a concept based on a what if, yeah. an, an alternate universe, um, uh. You know, grew out of a um, a controversial storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, you know, a cheesecake book and not a vicious book. Um, it's not a decompressed book. It's basically fights every possible trend. And well, she's just like her father. Yeah. You know, her father was thrown away in a throwaway issue of Amazing Fantasy, and Stan, Stan yeah. didn't think anything would happen to that character. And and look what happened to the daughter. <laughs> yeah, you know. And, and 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 you know, when the smoke clears, we will have been working on this thing for a little over eleven years. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be in our twelfth year. Right. Now there, there's also talk that the, the book, the character will be moved into Spider-Man. Uh, amazing Spider-Man family. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, Spider Girl may lose her book, but they keep on chugging tr- anyway. That's one thing I want to talk about. Cusada uh, has a MySpace blog interview that he does weekly, and he was talking about how Spider Girl is going to go in that book. Will it have both you, all three of you guys, on that book, or, or are they changing creative teams? No, it's you know, as far as we know, it's still the same old thing. Awesome. I'd like I'd like to see them try. <laughs> Not that they couldn't easily. Yeah. It's just there'd be a lot of crying, right? You know, that, that's yeah. That, there hasn't been any indication of that, which is another factor that that adds a new twist to you know this time around the block that hasn't been there before. It's a factor that hasn't been there before, so it's it's a completely new ball game. Given that they have a, a you know some plans for, for the character. So we'll just have to wait and see how it all plays out. Do you out. guys know the length of the story? Will it be the same length as a regular 22-page comic? Or? That changes day to day. Okay. <laughs> I mean, currently, currently it, it sounds like it's going to be very, very close. Okay. okay. I mean, the last we heard, which, again, could change Monday, could change Wednesday, and it could change Friday again yeah. uh, because it's still in the planning stages. Uh, you know, it, it sounds like it's going to be comparable, but... You know, it, it still becomes a situation where what they're going to fill out the rest of the title with, and you know, monthly that's a bigger price tag, and uh, you know, they're they're still crunching numbers and doing all the, the right. things that don't really involve us, and we just get you know, ultimately we have to wait for them to make decisions, and then we uh, do our job accordingly. Right. So. Yeah, 
I've, I can, can tell you that I've gotten at least five different sets of marching orders already. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely still a, a, an ongoing project with the editorial staff, and they're still making decisions. Right. So. Hey, you know, one thing I do want to make clear, because, okay. you know, I, I, I see this at the message board, see this around and that sort of stuff. You know, Joe Casada doesn't like the book. Uh, you know, it's, it's a reminder of Spider-Man being married. It's blah, 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 blah. Um, Joe Casada has always been one of our biggest supporters. Uh, you know, we wouldn't exist without Joe Casada. Yeah. Uh, as someone who held the job at one point, one point, I know that if Joe Casada doesn't like a book, all he has to do is snap his fingers, <laughs> and the book is gone. Yeah, <laughs> Tom used to do that for fun every Tuesday around four o'clock. Oof! He's through with some creative team. You know. It was four forty-five, and it wasn't every Tuesday. <laughs> no, because okay. then they'd expect it, and you can't yeah. keep terror if they expect it. Yeah, that's right. So, oh, the power of Odin! Odin. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I always love what you know. At the time I was editor in chief, I used to love you know, reading the, the machinations I would have to go through to get a book canceled. <laughs> or to get a creative team removed, or, or anything else like that. And I used to look at this stuff and say, these guys have absolutely no idea how this right. is handled. <laughs> uh, and, 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 it, and it begs to be mentioned again, and, and again, we've been here before, so you hear a lot of the same stuff, and I'm sure that the real loyal fans are sick of hearing all, this, all these factors by now. But Spider-Girl was originally developed, along with the two other original titles, to sell in the uh, mass market. Yeah. I mean, Spider-Girl never got the original marketing it was supposed to get. You know, the three packs in a mass market outlet, the one kind or another. It was never designed to survive in the direct sales marketplace. And yet, because of the fans and to a large extent because of the the people in charge of Marvel, it has. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the idea that that there's an attitude where Spider-Girl is, you know, on the downside, always fighting her way up, it's a wonderful, you know, we feel that way because we feel, we do feel quite often as the little book that could, but by the same token, we've never been under the impression that there's any kind of conspiracy, that even if, if we were, you know, fighting against expectations or impressions or if everybody had an opinion why this book was not catching fire or whatever it was, it's really survived uh, 11 years, 10 years more than it should have, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. It, it really does. It's a testament to the fans, and uh, it's it's a testament to the character that it survived as long as it has. I mean, it's, it's, you know, a lot of people thought Tom was just being um, uh, kind of they, – they seemed to take it almost resentfully or they took it kind of as if it were, uh, if it were tinged with regret or something – that Tom said in his original announcement on the message board that to, to those of you who said this book would never survive, you were right. You were just 11 years too late. <laughs> I mean, believe me, Tom will be plenty happy to say that in 20 years as well, you know, that kind of thing. But sooner or later, you know, all things must, uh, must change and evolve or die or whatever, and it's just a recognition of that. I mean, I don't think it's as fatalistic as a lot of people were taking it. Mm-hmm. It was more of a nyan, 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 nyan to, to all those factors. And uh, I, I, 
when I read it, I laughed out loud, but then I also noticed there were some postings where people seemed to misunderstand what he was trying to say. Right. And uh, the bottom line is, you know, we have nothing to apologize for. <laughs> I mean, we've had a hell of a run. You know, if you look at other books that launched at that time um, in the same marketplace under the same conditions, you know, there is we, we do have a feeling of pride at being... Uh, able to accomplish something that not a lot of titles have. There's, you know. Now, to, now to play devil's advocate, because I don't want to, I, I don't want this to happen. But what? Boy, it's a good thing. <laughs> it's a good thing. Righteous, self, God-fearing, <laughs> self assembly weren't here to say you hear you say that. <laughs> go ahead. But what? What do you guys think? I mean, you guys have created a character that has been published for more than ten years. Do you, not many creative teams stay on the book that long, and some other. Creative teams, if they want to boost sales, they get the hot guy around or whatever. I mean, they don't like uh, Bendis or whoever. Do you? What do you think of of uh, giving Spider Girl to someone else? What What do you think of that concept? Because I love you guys, but I also love the character. That um, concept, you know, you know, people have said to me, you know, do you think it's uh, time for, you know. Uh, different artists, different writers, different whatever the heck. Yeah. You know, we can quit, okay? Mm -hmm. We can't reassign the book. Right. Um, if Marvel thought it was in the book's best interest, then they would just fire us and, you know, mm -hmm. hire someone else. Right. Um, I, I, you know, I think that at least till now, the feeling was that whatever charm the book has is because of us. Mm -hmm. And and the reason why people like the character is because of us, because there have been other attempts at doing other Spider-Girls um, by, you know, much more popular people than we, we are, and they have not succeeded. Um, you, you know... Characters, you know, the, the books make the creative people, and the creative people make the books. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think Brian Michael Bendis, you know, obviously does a fabulous Ultimate Spider-Man. Right. Um, whether or not that would translate to Spider-Girl remains to be seen, mm -hmm. because a lot of times, you know, people have said, "Oh, you know, put this." this great creator on this book, and let's see what happens. Mm -hmm. And what has happened was disappointment. Because um, sometimes, you know, sometimes there is no match. Right. So, you know, I, I have no idea what would happen. I, I, you know, I sometimes laugh when, you know, people say, I love the character, but I would love to see this guy, this guy, and this guy on those books. And I know through those guys... And I know they've never read the book. Right. So that if they, if they ever were assigned the book, the odds are pretty good they would not read the book. They would just react on their impressions, and it would become a whole different book, a whole different character. Now, it might be a better-selling book. It might be a more popular character. It might be, you know, you know just far more exciting and, and far more engrossing. Right. But... You know, if, if you love Spider-Girl, you probably love it because of things we've done. Mm -hmm. If we're out of the mix, all bets are off. Right. 
Well, you also run run the factor of possibly the longtime fans might think Marvel fired you guys and and they might revolt. You might it might turn out bad for them. I guess I don't know. You know, it, it could happen. Yeah. And, you know, and if Marvel fired us, then you know, Marvel <laughs> fired us. Personally, I find the entire subject uh, hurtful and. Uh, yeah. We'll probably boycott the rest of this conversation because <laughs> I just can't believe that uh, I just can't believe that anybody would even uh, start that conversation. Now I did a devil's advocate, uh, Ron. <laughs> it, it has to be. It has. It has something to do with the heartlessness of the internet that you would even discuss this. It's all those dang. It, I, I feel. I feel flame. I feel flame. Somebody put out Ron. <laughs> yes, please. Beat me with a stick. Ron, what do you think what, about possible get, giving the book to somebody else? I, what, what Tom is saying yeah. is absolutely true. I mean, you know, I, I've often, you know, it, it's one of those things. That, you know, the comics industry is littered with books that had dream teams on them, and it didn't click. Mm-hmm. I mean, one does not speak to the other. I mean, you know, uh, the, the idea that Image happened the way it did, that a bunch of top creators left, created their own concepts, and they sold – you know that was a that was a real moment in time kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That was a, a that had to do with the way the the industry was exploding at the time. That had to do with the the numbers of books that were new number ones and what they were selling because of the collector's market and all kinds of other insanity. That's not to take anything away from those particular creative people because one or two of them were dear friends of mine and I think they're incredibly talented people. Mm-hmm. But classically, the industry does not bear out the idea that if creator A is a big hit on this book here, that if he goes and starts his own title or goes over and does another character, especially like, you know, if they try one of these things like, wow, this guy could make anything work, and they give him a character that's never clicked with anybody, there, there is no objective information that says that that creator, creator A, can go over to that property and make it work. I mean, you know, Big name writers, the biggest name writers in the world, they have they have bombs on their hands <laughs> because that doesn't mean that their readership is going to follow them over to a character that they have no interest in. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have, you know, I honestly feel that you know, adding that factor to what Tom is talking about, you know, if somebody likes Spider Girl, I hate to be the one to report this, but if you <laughs> like Spider Girl, if you have picked up Spider Girl and you have enjoyed it to any degree at all. That's because of Tom or Pat or me, you know. I mean, or a combination thereof. Yeah. It just is, you know, because we're our blood, soul, and sinew is in every panel and phrase in those books. Yeah. If you don't like the the concept, that's we take that less personally than we do if you like the concept. <laughs> because if you don't like Spider Girl, you may not like the fact that she's a teenager going to high school. You may not like a lot about the setup, you know. That kind of, you may just like Spider Girl. Because she's the daughter of Peter Parker, right. but there's some there's something in the way we've handled that concept that that must uh, appeal to you, right. and you know, and, and it may be a tone thing, it may be a lot of different things, and 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 a new creator might solve that for a handful of the pop for some percentage of our readership, but not for another percentage, and you know, you're you're messing with whatever the core readership is, no doubt about it. I mean, don't think that in the course of the last 11 years that, that Tom and I haven't talked about the fact that, you know, maybe we need to try this, maybe maybe this would work, maybe we need to go a little darker since the bottom line is we, we do have to exist just in the direct, in direct sales and blah, 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 and make some, you know, and, and, and make some, uh, some 
see changes in, in attitude or, or whatever. And sometimes our readers have, you know, read into like the carnage arc that we were going to go darker in the book and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, we've had those discussions, but the bottom line is it's unfair to the core readership of the book to make that kind of a sea change because how do you decide, how do you work the numbers, how do you crunch the numbers on betraying the people who have supported you on the off chance you're going to appeal to some kind of larger demographic? Right. I mean, that, that's a very, very dangerous thing to do. And I've seen it tried on different network TV shows and have it go and have them go right into the crapper. You know, I mean, it, it's it's not like I haven't seen people try to do that creatively before, and completely lose a handle on whatever was making the character work in the first place. Right. You know, I so that that's a very dangerous creative stand to take because there is an organics to developing any kind of a book over the course of time. Um, there, there's the character itself. There's the, you know, the supporting cast. There's the, the tone and all this kind of thing that all kind of grows organically upon itself as the book develops and evolves. If you artificially take some factor and rip it out, I don't know how it's all. You know, you, you really don't know what's happening. I mean, there's a, there's a network TV series right now that just made a major character decision. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've been a fan of the book, and <laughs> I hesitate to say, tell you what show it is because I don't want people's perceptions to color what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But they've just made a major character decision, and I'm, as a fan, a little annoyed by it. I'm not going to stop watching the show, but I'm going to be very curious to see if this was a smart <laughs> move or not, where yeah. they're going to go with this. Right. And, you know, because a lot of people say... Uh, God love them, almost every new editor that comes on board at some point, Tom, I, this may be, you know, if, if you think this is me showing too much behind the curtain, <laughs> then start singing. <laughs> but uh, almost every new editor at some point, and, and what I find uh, wonderful about it is that, you know, we've had different editors of such completely different personality and, and, and input and perception, but almost every new editor at some point says, maybe we should kill Peter Parker. <laughs> Really? And and we discuss it, and some of our points have remained constant. Some have shifted over the point, over the, over the years, you know, that kind of thing. And it becomes, you know, it, the, the decision is always made under its own factors at that time. Mm-hmm. But we've heard that more than once. Mm-hmm. And Tom's not singing, so obviously he doesn't <laughs> think this is that big a deal. But it's one of those things, because, I mean, we, we get that. We get Pete should come out of retirement. Yeah. You know, Peach will become more of an active supporting character in the book. But then it becomes a Spider-Man book. Exactly. It's Spider-Man, Spider-Girl, it's, it's, yeah. It's May's book. You know, I mean, there's no way if Pete comes out of retirement that part of what's going on there is that May's time is not being compromised. And it becomes another Spider-Man title that just happens to have a supporting character named Spider-Girl. You know, I mean, it's the bottom line. And, uh, and, and the same with killing him. I mean, part of, I think, what, what makes the book work is the family dynamic, yeah. is the fact of legacy. I, you know, we, we've talked about the fact that of all the other Spider-Girl concepts that have been out there, by all the wonderful creative teams that have been out there, uh, you know, all the distaff versions of Spider-Man have lacked something, and it may be that direct connection of legacy to Spider-Man. And you know, if if that's one of the things that's making this book work, why would we screw right. with it? But they're all very intangible 
factors that, you know, you kind of catch lightning in a bottle, and you're pretty ginger with that bottle. You don't really <laughs> want to mess with that bottle too much. We're not, we're not passing it around like, you know, if we drop it, we can just buy a new one, believe me. Right. So it's, uh, you know, it, it becomes a, a, a something that we respect and are very uh, appreciative of and respectful of and and uh, very gentle with ourselves, you know. I mean, we're not arrogant enough to think <laughs> that the concept only goes as far as Tom DeFalco and Ron Friends, mm-hmm. not by any means. Right. I mean, we have, a fe- we have a feeling, even though Tom created the concept, Tom and I developed the concept, the two of us ourselves, there's no arrogance in the concept is the width and breadth of Tom DeFalco and Ron Friends. You become a custodian of something you create the minute the public reacts positively to it. Right. It, becomes the, it becomes the public's property, and, and we become the custodians of it, and we have then a responsibility to the audience, even though we created it. Uh, I've seen creators be kind of arrogant and cavalier with their own creations and suddenly make this left turn or the sea change, yeah. and they lose their audience. Right. Tom, what do you think about killing Peter? <laughs> I I mean it would it would I think it would make the book a bit darker. It would make the book much much darker. Yeah. You know, you'd have a whole di- essentially you would have a whole different book there. Yeah. Um because the death of Peter Parker would forever change May Parker. Yes. Mary Jane and little Ben. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and there would be a cloud over these characters. Uh, you know, forevermore. I mean, when you're an adult and you lose a parent, it changes your life. Yes. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> you, know, you know, so certainly if you're a teenager, it's a major sea change. Plus the fact, if it had anything to do with his life as Spider-Man, do you think Mary Jane wouldn't lock her in the basement exactly. until she's 21? And Ben, too. <laughs> and Ben, too. Yeah. I mean, there's a huge suspension of disbelief having two loving parents letting their daughter do this to begin with. Why would you stack the deck against that willing suspension of disbelief? Yeah. Now, having said that... <laughs> right. We could make it work. And you would <laughs> well, cry your eyes out. And especially since the book's going to be canceled anyway, <laughs> you could take yeah. a shot with something like that. <laughs> and you're not going to get any credit if we do it. So there! <laughs> <laughs> To, uh, one other question before we start going to the live callers. You, around issue 60, that you guys, I remember, talked about a issue in the can that you have of how to wrap it up. Do you, oh, for God's sake, here we go. <laughs> are, are, are any of those, you think, going to be... No, no, and no. No, you're not bringing that out. No. Well, no, uh, they, they, there is not enough time Okay. to, to do it. Um you know, uh, you know, we had planned the, the current arc that we had to end it at issue 30. Yeah. And then we were going to start a new arc with 31. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and our arcs are kind of different from other people's arcs because a lot of times our arcs are five, you know, five or six, um, you know. Thematically uh, connected, self-contained issues. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very wow. much. You don't yeah, don't utter that every day. That's awesome. <laughs> well, you know, he just he just blew it. You see, Ron is actually the brains in the operation. Oh, shut <laughs> up. You know, 
Um, uh, we discussed this. We decided this is not the time to review it. Tom? You, you just patted yourselves on each other's backs <laughs> through the Internet. <laughs> that, that is, what, what we really need people to understand is that that Spider-Girl story was a product of its time. Everything I just said, <laughs> when this is finally out on the Internet as a recording... Go back and listen to everything I just said about how a series grows organically. Yeah. And you cannot take a final issue that was written, you know, that long ago and just plug it in <laughs> as the final issue yeah. five years later or four years later or whatever the hell it's been. I mean, it just doesn't work that way. I mean, organically, it just doesn't work that way. Yeah. You know, if you would have tried to end Superman 30 years ago, Yeah. It would have been a very different story as opposed to what it would be now if you were going to end Superman, not to compare us to the top of the, the mountain or anything, but, you know, it, it just, it's not, it wouldn't fit the same way. I mean, e even if we ended up using a similar concept, it would be a very different animal at this point. Right. Wouldn't it, Tom? Of course it would. Yeah, and, and the, biggest, the biggest thing about that story that nobody seems to have really understood is, Tom has made the comment that if he ever runs that story, he's done with Spider-Girl. Yeah. Okay? That, again, that's not an arrogant writer talking like, this is my final Spider-Girl story. So if the nature of that story was such that it puts the characters to bed. Yeah. We would only tell that story, you know, Tom could, as a writer, only tell that story if he was sure that's what we were doing. If we were putting May Parker to bed Forever. Mm -hmm. Because, I don't know, Tom, do we not want to go into detail, or should we disarm this story completely? No, I mean, no, most, I most readers know that it flashed forward. Right. So it put May to bed. It told you what happened to a, you know, at that point in our creative existence with these characters, mm -hmm. it was our extrapolation as to how these characters basically end up. Yeah. And if you tell that story then it becomes like trying to have the Legion still match the adult Legion story that was done back in 1969. You know what I mean? You're, you're telling stories that lose their creative impact because, you know, now what? Now, now you know what the happy ending is, so is it really worth telling their adventures along the way? You know, that kind of deal, you know. Well, well I, I hope we don't ever get to use that story i mean but the fans are just you're never going to see that story <laughs> because, because we allow me to say unquantifiably okay, no <laughs> that story will never be seen it has gone out our feet yeah. and out into the ether and it's never going to be used in anything resembling its original form ever period okay that, that'll put uh, into the, the speculation i, I hope because so. both you guys i know i know you want this character to live on i mean Long, oh, long after you guys have off the book, I mean, hopefully, if if the book does get canceled, in maybe ten years, it comes back. You know, you you want the character to survive. If there's that chance, then you give it an upbeat, yeah. comma, you exactly. know, and a dot dot dot. You don't kill her in the end. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Right. I mean, you know, we, we've been at the we've been at the helm of of characters where it did seem like that would be the best thing to do, mm -hmm. um, but in, in this case, it's just one of those deals where. You know, believe me, I've I've actually I've pitched to Tom the idea that we take that story and we disarm it. Yeah. We use the bones of that story and we tell a story about alternate futures, mm -hmm. and we just get it off the table. You know, we use it as the framework to tell a story 
where we see that future, but then we go ahead and tell you that's one possible future. You know, okay. just to just to clean everybody's palate to stop this idea that there's a a, a, a um, legitimate, valid last Spider Girl story out there. There's always going to be a new last Spider Girl story, except for that one. <laughs> and, and and you know everything else comes. I mean, I think we've actually used some of the concepts from that already. Mm. You know, some of the things that would have been mentioned in that story have either been completely invalidated, right. or we've already tied it into the current continuity. Right. But just like there's will never be a final Spider-Man story, even though they put out those Marvel the End books. There's everybody. It's open to interpretation. I mean, well, I, I think that's absolutely yeah. true. It becomes one possible future. Right. You know, how many final Fantastic <laughs> Four stories? I mean, Alan Davis did his, and Stan did his. Exactly. Is Stan's more legitimate than Alan Davis's? <laughs> I think even Alan Davis would probably say yes. <laughs> but at the same time, it's not like anybody, uh, you know, in, in editorial at Fantastic Four is going to hold themselves to Stan Lee's last Fantastic Four story. Right. It was an exercise. It was a creative exercise yeah. and very little more. And, Tom, another book, uh, another story uh, in Amazing uh, Spider-Man Family is the Mr. and Mrs. Spider-Man. Do you know the status of that? Is that going to continue or in that book? Um, right now, it doesn't look like that, that will be continuing. Okay. We've got two in the can, or has three been released of those stories? Because I, I loved them. Um, I mean, I just wondered how many you've written. Has the third one come out yet? Yeah, the third one. Would the th no. I'm, well, I did four. You did four. Okay. Well, you've done four of them, and three, and the third and the fourth one were drawn by Todd Nock. Okay. Um, but I don't know if the next... Uh, has issue three of Amazing Spider-Man Family come out yet? That would be... I, I don't know. I don't think so. I'm not sure. I really don't know for sure. There's there's a I there's mean, a Diodato cover of him hanging upside down. That's the last one I remember. That's the second okay. one. Okay. Then I... That, that's the second one, because that, that's the one... That's the second one I did, the last one I okay. did for now. Okay. So, so th story three and four, <clears throat> do you, you know, Tom, if they're going to be printed, or... Oh, yeah. Okay. In the next couple oh, issues. Uh, I guess in the third and fourth issue. Right. Yeah. And... Yeah, I mean, whatever happens with uh, Spider Girl, it's not going to happen until you know. As the current plans are, Spider Girl will end with issue thirty, which will come out in March, okay. and then April will be the all new Spider Man family, whatever animal that becomes. Okay. And we'll wrap up the first episode right about there. We have another hour and twenty minutes with Ron and Tom. In the next episode, we'll take callers from around the world. It's another fun show, and that will be posted here in a few days. Now, I want to give a heads up. Sal Buscema had a prior church commitment at the last minute, and we were not able to get him on the line. However, he's agreed to come back, and we'll do a one-on-one -on -one interview with him in the future. I'm really looking forward to that, to talking to him about his 40th anniversary at Marvel Comics. Again, if you want to support the Spider-Girl title, you can order the latest issue from MailOrderComics.com. Amazing Spider-Girl number 28 is up for pre-order. The cover price is $2.99. Mail order has it with a 38% discount for $1.85. So check them out at MailOrderComics.com. Gang, I'm your host, Brad Douglas, and thanks so much for listening and visiting the SpiderManCrawlspace.com. <laughs>